Welcome to another episode of Two Pillars Podcast. Today, I wanted to talk about a topic that I've been reading a lot about in the news and, and wanted to discuss it in today's podcast. It's the top reasons people leave the church. Here are some statistics. In 2020, 47% of U.S. adults belong to a church, synagogue, or mosque. This is actually down more than 20 points from the turn of the century. Huge drop. The change is primarily due to a rise in Americans with no religious preference. Americans' membership in houses of worship continue to decline year after year, dropping below 50% for the first time in Gallup's eight-decade trend. In 2020, 47% of Americans say they belong to a church, synagogue, or mosque, down from 50% in 2018 and 70% in 1999. Daily Mail actually did a survey, and here are some reasons people posted on why they left the church. I realized that the only emotion that church made me feel is intense guilt, and now I am only slightly bitter. Here's another one. Once it was my choice and not my parents, I stopped going except for weddings and funerals. Mentally, I checked out of church and believing in any kind of God around 10 years old. I started to realize the teachings of the church weren't biblical. Every Sunday, the pastor would talk about righteousness that was really nationalism and being free from those who are filled with sin, but very specific sin. We had divorces in the church and overt racists, but not gay people or former inmates. There were teachings of love, but it was very clear that love was only meant for certain people. No one writes, The pastor that I have deeply admired and respected turned out to be having multiple affairs and cheating on his wife for months, if not years, prior to her finding out. It just feels like I've been duped to, and it will take some time before I'm ready to go back. For those wondering, yes, I'm talking about Hillsong from parishioners or just being downright super controlling very hard because when especially when you belong to a church or community and then the leader of that community lets you down you tend to question your beliefs another comment is it feels like a lot of churches people too use the bible slash religion as an excuse to spread hate it's terrible actually terrible to hear that because it could actually be the opposite the bible teaches us the new testament teaches us to spread love and forgiveness and grace never once that i talk about that that i read spreading hate number another one is i feel like all religions have something to teach us and are just as valid as the current mainstream ones while there are a lot of common themes there's big differences between, let's say, what a Christian thinks, what um, you know, Judaism teaches, or what uh, Muslims uh, teach. Another comment is cherry-picking what they want out of the Bible. <laughs> that was a pretty straight um, one. And maybe one more I'd like to share is I never felt truly accepted. Everyone was super friendly, but it seemed like I couldn't be accepted in their bubble. I also felt I didn't need to go to church to be a religious person. I've also been bullied in a church retreat when I was in grade school. Lot valid reasons, really valid reasons. And, you know, growing up, I 
the way I was taught religion was really, I can relate to some of these. It was about um, judgment. It was about fear. It it was really about fear. But you know what? My, My mom didn't know better. She believed she was doing what was right. I understand that now. But the more I study the Bible, the more I understand it. Here's uh, what um, Holy Seek for Cabbage or Holy Cabbage says. It's Holy See, the number four, and then Badge. Because it was a toxic environment full of people who thought they were better than everybody else because they went to church every Sunday, despite the fact that they'd beat their wives, get drunk, and abuse their children, cheat, and steal. It drove me away from religion altogether. Now, what's going on in my brother's church only reinforces my position. They're so quick to preach love and kindness, but don't bother to actually be loving and kind unless it benefits them in some way. It's, you know, ironically, Jesus said is the best when he said that the fruits of a tree determine whether the tree is good or not. So your actions determine whether or not you truly believe what you're saying. So unfortunately, there are some people out there are some 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 even leaders that are preaching goodness and kindness but are not showing it in their actions and this does turn away a lot of a lot of people unfortunately but you know when in doubt ask you to refer to the bible if i take 1 corinthians chapter 3 verses 10 to 17 it says by the grace god has given me i laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it but each one should build with care For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your mists? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple. What I see is, what I take from that is, what is the motivation of the person speaking these these words? Is there motivation to highlight for for highlight things that they're doing for themselves is it for position is it for power or is it for the glory of God and Jesus Christ it's really their motivation and what they intend to get out of it that really speaks to whether what the person is saying should be heard or not if the person's only highlighting themselves or out for a personal gain or 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 to display their own success their own worthiness then this goes against what the bible teaches as for the importance of going to church hebrews 10 19 to 25 says therefore brothers and sisters since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of jesus by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body and since we have a great priest over the house of god Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. 
And let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. What is written here is really an encouragement to gather, but a ga gather to encourage, to love. And if you're part of a community, a part of a church that is not encouraging, is not welcoming everyone, then don't give up on the church altogether, but maybe look for a different church. But the gathering together, the point is really to encourage each other. Alone, you know, you can only go so far, but together you can go for sure, you can go further. Matthew 18, 20 says, you know, for where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. It's the power of community. We weren't, we weren't meant to live this world alone or to go after our goals alone. The right community, that I emphasize, the right community can shed light on things that maybe you wouldn't have never have thought of. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11-13 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service, so the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of church. Now, okay, I'm going to sound hypocritical because I haven't been to church since the start of the pandemic. I used to go, I would say, almost weekly. It would be very rare if I'd miss one. But with the shutdowns and max capacity of 25, I used the excuse that I would give the space to others. As we reopen, I hope to build this habit one more, once more. Where I live in Canada, we are still under strong restrictions as the date of this uh, speaking. We actually were, open, were starting to reopen, which is great. But I realized that it became a habit not to go. It became easy not to go. And it, it's, I don't know if it's happened to you, but you know, I'd wake up tired Sunday, day of rest. I'm like, oh, I just want to rest. You know, I'll go back to work tomorrow. And then... And then I would kind of like encourage myself, force myself to get up, not for myself, but, you know, to, to, to say, hey, you know, God, I can give you an hour and a half of my time. And every time I'd go, I would know, I wouldn't regret it. It's like when you, your friends, you know, when you were younger or, or maybe even now, your friends want to go out, you're tired, you don't want to go, but you force yourself to go. And then once you're there, you, you have a great time. And then you know what? Next Sunday comes around. And I'm tired again, and I still have to encourage myself to go. But now that I've gotten to the habit of not going, because for a long, for a while, our church was only doing online service for over a year. It's hard to build that habit again. But here are my reasons why I hope to return soon to the habit of worshiping in community with fellow believers. One, we have to remember that Christ died for the church. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Second, we must be imitators of Christ and his apostles. Luke 4.16 says, He went to Nazareth where he had brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read. He would often go to the, Sabbath, to the synagogues and, and teach and read. He was practicing it just as we should be practicing it. Three, you learn and better understand scripture. 
It increases your growth and your walk of faith. I mean, you're listening to the pastor and he's delving deep into the meaning of the gospel, not just the words. You're not just reading, listening to the words, but you're understanding the meaning of the gospel. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Another reason is that there's more guidance. Proverbs 11.14 says, Where there is no guidance, the people falls. But in abundance of counselors, there is safety. Listen to the words of others, the comforting words. Listen to the pastor explain the meaning of 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 the gospel reading of the day. Another reason it's important to have fellowship with other believers, to share, encourage, teach, love, help. Hebrews 10 verses 24 and 25 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You have to remember that Christians make up the body of Christ. We belong to each other and we are to use what God has equipped us with for good. Romans 12 verses 4 to 5 says for just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not have all the same functions so in christ we though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others each member of a community of a church has brings something to that church and and they're needed that fellowship is needed it's also important for spiritual growth and spiritual strength you know if you go it alone, as one of the, the commenters said, that they don't need to go to church to believe in Christ. I, sure, yes, for sure. You know, you can read the Bible, um, you can pray, you can meditate. But when you isolate yourself from other believers, in your time of need, how can someone help you? If someone else's time of need, in someone else's time of need, how can you help them? Your spiritual growth will be hindered, which is a, which is one of the biggest purposes of a community of faith believers is to support each other in need and to celebrate with each other in good times another reason is to put god first instead of doing other things on sunday go to church matthew 6 says but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well in the end, for myself, it comes down to it being easier not to go to church, especially now that I've lost this habit. But returning to church means that I will be putting God first. What are your church practices? Do you go? Let me know in the comments what your reasons are for going or not going. Thank you for listening to Two Pillars Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It is the best way to get other people to um, get to know the podcast and to find it. Join me next time for another episode of Two Pillars Podcast.